Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I'm here with Kathy Gottberg. Kathy has been a writer and the author of six books during the last 30 years. Her current passion is exploring ideas and experiences that help to create an aware, meaningful, sustainable, compassionate, and rewarding life for herself and others through her blog, smartliving365.com. One of her latest books is titled Right Sizing, a smartliving365.com guide to reinventing retirement. While many people don't start thinking about retirement until midlife, right sizing just might be the best way to live your best life now and prepare for the retirement before it arrives. Beyond that, she is happily growing and experiencing life married to her best friend and soulmate, Tom, in La Quinta, California. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on to the Me Time Midlife Podcast. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, the truth is, is that you write about many different topics, and um, I really like the one we're going to talk about today, and perhaps we can have you back another time to talk about another topic. Um, but today, we're going to talk about right-sizing your life, and I'm really looking forward to that, and I have some questions to ask you about that. But before we Perfect. get into it, I'm going to ask you the question I ask every guest. Uh, what do you enjoy doing during your me time? Well, um, I actually, I'm doing it right now as mm -hmm. we speak. I live in a desert of Southern California, and it's very hot there. And so every summer, my husband and I try to get away for as much time as we can. And we can do that because we right-sized, um, which I'll get into later. Yeah. Um, but right now, we're um, up in the mountain community of Idlewild, California, which is a little 3,000-person um, town, nice and quiet, great hiking trails, lovely and cool. Just spending time in nature is a me-time experience for me. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, because I knew you were going to ask this question, um, <laughs> I, there's a couple things I do I guess you could say almost religiously. Uh, uh, I read the book, um, The Artist's Way by uh, mm. Julia Cameron. I yeah, don't know if I do. Know it. It. Yeah. It's a moldy moldy. Um, but I read it like 25 years ago because I wanted to think of myself as a writer. 25 years ago, I did not think of myself as a writer. So I started doing her morning pages. I don't know mm. if you're... Yeah, I do morning pages as well. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Look at cool. that. So yeah. I started that like 25 years ago uh -huh. and I still do them. Um, I do them five days a week, not every single day, um, but they have become so important. I can't even imagine living without those three three handwritten pages and I do them by hand and I have, I have folders full of um, morning pages and it's become not just a meditation, which she says it does. Um, but it's also become, it's just such a great, it's a therapist. Honestly, it's my, it's my self therapist. 
write anything in there. And it also proves to you, you can write no matter what. I've had several illnesses and things that happen along the way, and I could still write in there, and I can still write no matter what. And and now, 25 years later, I do, I, I'm proud to call myself a writer and an author. So, so the, and then and I do, I walk, I have a little dog. We walk every day. That's a seven day a week thing. And then I also meditate every day. Um, so those are things that I, I can't even imagine life without. Wow, that's great. And for those who are listening that don't know what Morning Pages is, it's basically just, it's something you do in the morning. Um, you can either do a specific number of pages that you're going to write, or you can do a specific amount of time that you're going to write for. And you just, it's kind of like a brain dump, right? It's kind of like, uh, how, how does she explain it? Where you just, you just want to clear the cobwebs out, you know, and, and before you start your day. Um, and you can write whatever you want and it doesn't have to make sense and it doesn't have to be beautiful or grammatical or anything like that. <laughs> like, I, well, and I try to do it first thing and which she, that's because it is the brain dump. It's like clearing the thoughts and cobwebs. Um, she does recommend three pages of longhand and that's challenging because so many people are, I, I mean, I typically write on the computer, but there is actually something very, um, I think, artistically almost of using maybe your, your right brain in a different way because you have to you write cursive. And how many people write cursive these days? Not that many. Um, so it's kind of a cool practice. Yeah. And actually, I find too um, that, you know, handwriting really slows your thoughts down more, right? Um, unlike typing, I can type much faster than I can right mm -hmm. so yeah so that's great and you meditate and you just came back from a hike right you you shared that with me I think before yeah. we started that's a wonderful. couple hours ago for sure good so. for you good for you Kathy practicing what you preach right smart living I every, sure every day of the year <laughs> 365 yeah let me clarify smart stands it's an acronym it's not intelligent it's sustainable meaningful aware um responsible and thankful Right. I was thinking what that R was. I was like, is it relationships? But no, it's responsible. Yeah, yeah, it's responsible. I love that. I love that. Um, actually, one of my clients, uh, she uh, she had something she was going through and I, I recommended your your blog um, because I think it's great and just how you've you know created your books and all that stuff too. So um, anyway, let's get into our topic today, which is right-sizing your life. So we hear about downsizing a lot in midlife, right? Because maybe uh, if you've had kids, your kids have flown from the nest and you don't need so much space or so much stuff. Um, and there's other ways you can you can downsize, I guess, in your life. Um, but you use the word right-sizing. So is this a word you came up with um, or... Is this a common thing that I don't know about? And what is it? What does right sizing mean? Actually, right sizing is a business term. Ah, um, not necessarily the most flattering because what happens is in corporate takeovers, they come in or in and they typically right size mm. um, and, and mean a job elimination. So it's not necessarily uh, a good thing in that context. Right. Um, but when I started thinking about downsizing and, and when my husband and I started getting involved in uh, the sustainability movement, oh, probably 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, and um, we just kind of thought about, oh, you know, it, maybe it is time to downsize, but I never liked the word downsizing. Mm. Um, so when we came up with right sizing, it was kind of just a play on it because to me, 
the different, the major difference between downsizing and right sizing is when people think of downsizing, they tend to think of it as a sacrifice. Like they have to give something up. Um, somebody, when I mentioned it, somebody said it's like a downgrade. Mm. Where right sizing is an upgrade, it is instead choosing to make positive lifestyle choices that support you as you go ahead rather than like, oh God, I have to give up my nice things. And, you know, it's like, it, I know it's good for me. It's like going on a diet. You don't want to, but you think you should. And, and I didn't want that approach. I wanted to, to reframe it in my own mind in a positive way. And that's why we came up with, my husband and I came up with the word right sizing to explain the journey we decided to take at the time. I like that. What's right for you, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, Definitely. that's great. So, um, so tell me more about how, you know, how did you and your husband start to think about this and why, what was going on? What prompted you to explore Right. Well, it's the idea of that um, we we kind of started, well, we had friends who kind of introduced us to the whole sustainability movement, which was more an environmentalist movement at the time. And up to that time, we were kind of clueless. We, we just never paid that much attention. But all of a sudden, we're like, oh, yeah, how most people live in our country really isn't always very sustainable. And when I mean sustainable, I mean, they, you know, we spend money sometimes that we don't have. We, we get involved in things that really aren't supportive of ourselves or the planet. And we, you know, that gradually started worming its way into our brains. And then, um, then came the housing crisis. Um, but let me give you a little background before that. Both my husband and I have uh, real estate backgrounds. Um, I became a broker like 35 years ago. Uh, the thing is, I was not cut out to sell. So I started writing about real estate. I would write this and that and the other thing. And my husband, he's still involved. He's a commercial real estate broker. Um, so we, when the 2008 housing crunch happened, we kind of saw the handwriting on the wall. We knew something big was happening. It was unsustainable. I mean, the house prices just kept going up, up, up. And mortgages got bigger and bigger. And everybody was like, well, we'll just sell it and make a profit. Well, it's like a pyramid scheme. Pretty soon, there, somebody's going to topple. Um, so we kind of started saying, you know, our business is going to go down. Um, I, I was writing for escrow companies and Tom obviously was a commercial broker. So maybe we should cut back on our expenses just to be careful. Now we've always been pretty frugal. So it wasn't like we were overextended. We had a nice, a very nice house actually. Um, but we started looking around going, you know, do we need all this space? It's just my husband and I, we have no children and our dog. Um, we had three car garage with, with three vehicles and a motorcycle. Mm. And we had a pool in, in Palm Springs. You have a pool. Everybody has right. pools. And we had a big yard, which we had to hire a gardener because it's too big to do ourselves. And I mean, we had so much stuff and it was very nice. Um, but we started analyzing, do we really need all this? And if we didn't spend the money on this, could we do other things we enjoy more? Mm -hmm. So we just made the decision to put our house on the market. Um, and, and luckily we did it before things got too crazy. And we went looking for another house to live in. And at first I was like, okay, I'll go down a little bit. Um, but then we found a neighborhood we really liked and we almost cut our square footage in half. And I was like, oh dear, can I do that? You know, I have a lot of nice stuff. I mean, right. that's what I hear from everybody. It's like, oh, I love my stuff. Right. It's like, what's the problem? Most of us do love our stuff. <laughs> 
Um, but I thought, why not experiment? Let's try that. So we did. We bought this smaller house. And fortunately, we had enough equity to pay for it free and clear. So we went debt free. And I can't tell you what an amazing thing that is. Now, I know not everybody's in that position, but it, when you get to the point where you can live somewhere and there's, it's free and clear, you have no mortgage. And we had no HOA dues, you know, homeowners associations, none of that. Our taxes were, because we downscaled, basically, um, our taxes were lower, our insurance was lower. We ended up putting solar on our house and desert landscaping. So our utilities and everything is probably less than $300 a month. Hmm. Um, so we couldn't live anywhere in the world cheaper than where we can live in our house right now. Right. And the good news is we've been in there nine years now and we love it. We absolutely love it. And perhaps even I, I'm kind of stringing all this together. Um, but one of the best things is we added up how much money we we saved after moving from our big house to our small house. And it's not tiny. I mean, it's still 1400 square feet. So it's not like a baby house or anything. Um, we figure we save somewhere between 31,000 and 35,000 a year. Wow. Since we moved into the house. Wow. Um, so it just shows you if you sit down with a piece of paper and figure out how much your lifestyle is costing you. And so what we did at the time we were like, um, uh, mid fifties when this happened. And, uh, we had virtually no savings and I, I'm sure you've heard in, in the world today with baby boomers, most baby boomers have very little in savings. It's like 50% have nothing, um, practically. And we were kind of in that category. We had equity, but we had no, um, savings. So what we started doing is just because we had so much extra money, um, we started putting at least half of it investments. So we put all this extra money into investments and the other half we traveled and started doing things that we really and truly had always wanted to do. But, you know, you kind of put it off because you're thinking, oh, I don't really have the money for it. Um, so people are always asking us, well, how can you rent a house in the, the you know, we rent a house at, in the mountains and we rent a house at the beach and people are like, well, how do you do that? It's like, well, because we have the disposable income now. I mean, and it's not putting us in any kind of um, bad position at all. We spend so much less than we make um, that we can easily afford to do that. And that's the gift of right-sizing. So I've given you way more than you probably <laughs> No, that was great. I, I was just going to say, it sounds like the house was the right size for you guys, right? Um, no pun intended, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, one of the biggest things is people are always asking me like, oh, so you mean I have to live in a small house? I really mm. like a big house. I would say, again, it, the nice thing about right sizing is it's what's right for you. Right. If you can easily afford it, if it's bringing you all the joy and happiness that you want to do, because you don't really, I mean, you know, some people aren't into traveling. They don't want to go anywhere. They want their house to be really special for them. That's yeah. cool. Or if they have a bunch of kids. I mean, some people have a lot of kids and they want to utilize it, but there's also a lot of women. I know a lot of women who have big houses and it's just them and their husband, maybe, and maybe a dog or a cat. And it just, we're rattling around in all this space that takes extra money to maintain yeah. um, and to purchase and well, I could go on, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and the bigger your space, you know, the 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 more we want to fill it, right, with more stuff. And then you oh, got to yeah. maintain that stuff. And yeah, so, and then you got to declutter when you do end up right-sizing. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Great. I love that. That's wonderful. So then you were able to, with this, with this right sizing of your house, you were able to travel and have other adventures and, and live in other places, right? You've actually multiplied your, your housing, you know, oh. beach. Uh, you, so you have a place, well, you rent a place at the beach and then you have a place in the desert and then in the mountains. Right. So right. we just, we have one primary residence mm -hmm. and we rent the other places and people right. are always like, well, why don't you buy something? Especially you're in real estate, you should buy something. And it's like, we learned a long time ago that it's better to buy investments that bring you cash flow. And then you have the freedom to spend that, that cash flow, either reinvest it or spend it on things you love instead of tying it up in more real estate, um, especially second homes or boats or cars or RVs and stuff. We're not RV people. Some right. people are, we're not into that. So mm. um, it gives you a lot of freedom. Yeah. But, but sizing also touches on um, just about every area of the life. I mean, honestly, if you're working at a job that you really hate, just to buy a big house, you know, so you can impress your friends or drive a fancy car just because your profession calls for a fancy car, you, maybe it's time to right size your job. Um, mm. We have a lot of freedom. Um, my husband, like I said, he's a commercial real estate broker and he's been doing it for so long, but he's very selective about the clients that he works with. He calls himself semi-retired mm -hmm. because we can go to different locations as long as there's phone and the internet now. And he has a, an assistant that he's able to work with to handle some of that stuff. Um, and I have the benefit of uh, working on the computer wherever I am. So that's so we've right, in our opinion, we've right-sized our occupation too. And yeah. we try to encourage people. It's like selling your soul for money is not right-sized. Mm. You know, so any old job just because you need to, you know, buy stuff um, or just to pay bills. I think a lot of times we just, we keep ramping up our bills because we want to be happier. Right. Um, I think buying all that extra, you know, 5,000 channels on, you know, on, the internet it's like on your television it's like who watches five thousand right back and then have that extra money to do something that really brings you pleasure so yes yeah right sizing can touch every area your finances your work your relationships um and, and of course yes your your living arrangement right right what a great time in midlife to be thinking about this right um just what especially the women i work with you know it's uh you know they've been spending most of their lives taking care of everybody else's needs and tending to everyone else's wants and now in their midlife years they're starting to ask themselves who am i you know what's important to me what do i want right? What's right for me? And you start to examine all of these areas. I love the, uh, you know, you talk about right sizing. And of course, the, the obvious one I think is the home, but I never thought about the job, right? Uh, what were some of the other things that you, you mentioned? What are some other ways you can right size other things? Yeah, your finances just go through and, and decide where you're spending your money. Right. I, uh, have you ever heard of Lynn Twist? She is the author of The, uh, um, the Soul of Money. Mm. And she about if you want to know what's important to you look at your credit card bill or look mm -hmm. at your credit cards are more obvious now than um you know checks but right but it's what do you really think is important because i think we spend so much money on incidentals again to kind of self-medicate 
Um, I know lots of women like to shop. That's their primary hobby. Um, and it's like, but I think it's a habit that you form. And then the next thing you know, you have more and more and more stuff. And then you wonder about you know, decluttering it and, yeah. and you stress about decluttering it. And it's like, um, like we said earlier, isn't it better just to catch yourself early on um, before you start going down that road? And, you know, in so many ways, now I, I admit that I'm fortunate in the fact that my husband and I are on the same page. I think it would be challenging to try to do this um, as extensively as we have, unless we both have kind of the same mindset about it. Um, but if you can get, if, if you're single, there you go. Um, but if you can also get your spouse kind of headed down that direction, I think you can support each other and encourage each other until it becomes such a habit to you. Now, it's like shopping to me is like, okay, I do it if I have to, but it's not like, it's not fun anymore. Like it used to be, it used to be fun to me and it's not so much anymore. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think it's just really shifting your attention away from that and putting it on what really matters to you. And you don't have to wait till you get to be midlife, honestly. Right. Um, maybe, you know, there's a lot of um, younger people who are into minimalism. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I think they're kind of headed, they've got an early start on this because they're realizing um, in, while they're still young, that ha accumulating a lot of stuff and getting heavily into debt is 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 not necessarily sustainable for a happy life or for the planet. So, um, you know, any the sooner you can get going with right sizing, it took me far too long. I wish I got started sooner, but right. <laughs> when you, you learn the lesson when you can. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, so what are some steps that people can take to start right-sizing their lives? What, what do you suggest? I know you have a whole book about this, um, yes. and you write a blog, you know, of course, and this is one of the topics you, you talk about, but, um, what are some, some steps, some practical things that people can start? I would say the first thing, the first thing, I mean, the first thing my husband and I did. And the first thing I always recommend to people is to sit down with yourself somewhere quiet and really, really be honest about what's important to you. Mm. Um, if you have a family, I mean, most people would say, you know, my family is the most important thing, but mm. how much time do we actually spend with the people that we say are the most important thing in our life? Right. Um, if, if, if you take the time to figure out what's most important to you and make a list of it, Make a list of it and find out, okay, here's the list of what I really, really believe makes my, my heart sing. And here's what I'm doing. You know, I'm spending um, eight hours on the job, two hours commuting, um, an hour eating lunch that probably isn't that healthy. I mean, I think if we evaluate, maybe do a T-chart or something, you know, where you put the things you really love on one side and the things that are really hold you back from living the life that you want to. You know, if you want to create, okay, are you creating? Or are you just, again, putting your hours in, whatever that might be. Um, so I really think getting honest with yourself, journaling helps, um, making those lists, talking with close friends that you know will be honest with you. Um, that really helps. Of course, the friend thing you can, <laughs> what's the old saying now? Um, they come out with studies that say, you can actually you you actually have more of a chance of being overweight if you hang around with friends yeah. who are overweight. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, 
if you hang around with people who spend a lot of money on all sorts of things, guess what? Your chances are they're going to want to go out to eat all the time. They're going to want to go buy cool things all the time. They're going to always be talking you into trying and buying things that they would do. So you do have to be a little careful. If, if you suspect um, that you're spending, if you know you're spending more than you make, that's probably a really key right there. If you're spending more than you make, something's got to end. Um, and because it will, I mean, it's a train wreck. It will eventually um, catch up with you. So if you can stop yourself and then start scaling back. And again, it's not a sacrifice. It doesn't have to be a sacrifice because when you're so honest with yourself about what matters to you, um, then, then you do that. You know, writing is important to me. And it doesn't, I like to have a nice computer, but other than that, it doesn't cost a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, walking with my dog in nature doesn't cost a lot of money. You know, all the things that bring me joy. Travel now, it does, that's where I kind of splurge is because I do like my travel. Um, but you have the resources to do that once you get rid of all the rest of it. So right. that's my first step. And first and foremost, you can't get very far. You can go, I mean, there's thousands of uh, websites and books about um, decluttering, right. you know, uh, lots of books out there to do that. So I, I don't necessarily recommend that. It's not a bad thing, but it's not going to the heart of what the issue is. And the issue is trying to make yourself feel better about your life by accumulating stuff or hanging mm -hmm. on to stuff that, um, may or may not really make you happy. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so getting really honest with yourself and, and learning what's important to you yeah. is, this is a very first step, right? Then taking an evaluation of your current life and how you're spending your time or your money or your days at your job yes. or whatever it is, or with your friends, what friends you have. And, you might want to just take one category at a time. Right. Overwhelming if you're like, you know, I'm not suggesting you blow up your life tomorrow. Right. right. And it lasts a while. Even when we decided we wanted to sell our house and move into something a little smaller, um, what's the say? When when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yes. Um, when we started looking at another house, most of the houses we were looking at was very similar to the one we sold. And it was like, no, wait a minute. Uh, let's really try to do something a little bit different here. And and so it did. It took us about six months of looking and talking and looking and talking. We actually rented because uh, we did sell our house. And we rented for a while until we were like, where do we really want to live? Um, the location of where we really wanted to live was more important to us than the square footage. Mm -hmm. um, the amenities of the house, we wanted to make it very sustainable. And like I said, we have solar and we have desert landscaping and extra, you know, all, those, all the stuff that comes with that. Um, and we wanted the dog, so we needed a yard. So, you know, oh, you and we have a dog yet, huh? Before? No, you didn't have a dog. No had one before and and the dog unfortunately passed away so we wanted to get a dog and we also wanted to make uh have you heard of out walkability um we oh wanted yes to oh yeah on oh, the yeah. walkability score and we got it so we can ride Great. our bike walk you know so many amenities and we didn't want to do homeowners association so many people get into they kind of get sucked into the all the amenities that come with the homeowners association and i'm I'll be honest, sometimes I'm a little tempted, um, but not having that cost, I can easily go, you know, if I want a swimming pool, I can go to a hotel and pay their day fee. Um, and, and when you think things through like that, you'd be amazed at how much you can just eliminate um, 
so that you can focus on what matters. I think we distract ourselves too. We're so busy running around taking care of all this stuff that we've accumulated that we don't have the time just to sit and chat, you know, talk about something that's uh, rewarding to us and important or take a walk in nature. Right, right. So Kathy, um, just share a little bit about your blog because, um, you know, you've been writing it for a long time and <laughs> really developed. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit more about your blog and, and some of the things you write about and, um, and, and your books as well. Well, I, um, I actually did an environmental blog mm. for about years and it got really heavy. Mm -hmm. um, environmental issues can get really heavy. Um, so I thought I need, I, you know, I'm, I love, um, inspiring people and including myself and, and empowering other people and, and reminding people of what I think is innate within all of us. And so I kind of came up with the acronym of SMART because it was big enough that I could write about all kinds of things. Um, when I find something interesting, I just kind of, uh, you know, I'm like a dog with a bone. I just run with it. Um, and that's what I did with Smart Living. So it, it really depends. I do tend to like things that are very psychologically focus why people do what they do um so you know right sizing is like why do people get themselves in trouble and what can we do to get out of trouble um, and i also when i turned 60 a couple of years ago i i suddenly became more aware of oh wait a minute i and we talked about this i'm not sure i'm in midlife am i in midlife anymore right. and, and if i'm not what comes next where do mm -hmm. i want my future to go um and i wanted to make sure it was positive so i do write on positive aging um, I try to write on um, what makes um, life purposeful and meaningful because I believe, and again, people say, well, where do you get your ideas? And I'm almost like, well, I get them because I think they're interesting and I need to hear it. Right. Um, I find that very helpful. Likewise. So, I write, even, I write like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> the only person reading it. Yeah. I know okay, I got, it's, it kind of takes my morning pages to the next level. Yes. I write something that's important to me and meaningful. And if other people find that helpful too, that's great. And then I realized a couple of years ago that um, not everybody, especially people in my demographic, like to read online. Um, they do prefer books. So what I decided was I had all this content because when I write blog posts, they're articles. They're more articly than uh, little blurbs. You know, some people write little blurbs. I'm not that good at blurbs. Um, so I, what I did is I compiled um, the blog posts that I had written around a particular theme. Um, so the first one was um, simple, smart, and happy. That's kind of how you can simplify your life. Um, then the second one um, was right sizing. And the third one is right, um, is positive aging. And then I've written a novel because I always, I mean, everybody's got to write a novel, right? So I wrote a novel and I've actually, I have a real estate book um, and I also have a small book. My first book was published um, by a company out of Scotland. Uh, it's a spiritual book, um, but they're all available on Amazon. I'm very proud of them. They're like my little children and, uh, and I want to keep writing more because I keep writing more content and I'd like to get it out there. It's nice to know that, um, you know, people are reading the ideas and getting something out of them. And you thought you weren't a writer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kathy, you know, yeah. I've heard so many other authors say exactly the same thing. Yeah. It, takes, it takes as long as it takes. There's like a shift inside of us, I think, when we realize, wait a minute, I am this now. I, I, I claim this. I own this. Um, right. I'm really able to do that. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, Kathy, thank you so much. Um, I'd love to have you back to talk about another topic. Um, but thank you for sharing uh, your right sizing story with us and inspiring us to, to get started on on something right, that we can when it comes to right sizing. So I love that. Um, and so uh, listeners, you can go to kathygotberg.com, smartliving365.com, and I'm going to put all the links in the show notes for her website and her Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and all of that so that you can uh, go and start following Kathy. So Kathy, thank you again so much for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. And I think you have a great show and I, I'm looking forward to listening to all of your guests. Well, thank you so much. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it and support yourself while doing it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can tell your friends about it or share it on social media. And if you want more me time in your life, consider becoming a member of the me time midlife community. This is my online community of like-minded and like-hearted women in midlife who want to take charge of their life by cultivating their health, happiness, and purpose while building connections and friendships along the way. There are many benefits to joining, including monthly member-only Q&As with some of the experts you hear on the podcast. Plus, as a listener of the podcast, you get a special listener discount. Go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.